for your heart-stopping news-packed 60 minutes of regular drilling. Webmaster Radio presents The Pulse. The Pulse. Take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena. This weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news, offers insight on the biggest forum discussions, and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community. Our hosts have made their way to the round table. The Pulse, the Pulse. The Pulse. starts now. Hi, and welcome to the Search Pulse. Today is Tuesday, October 31st. Um, this is the seventh edition of the Search Pulse, and today is also the last day of October, and it also is Halloween. So I want to wish everybody um, a happy Halloween. Ben and Chris, happy Halloween. Thanks, sir. <laughs> you as well. Roar. Roar. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to get... Bre- we, it's been a while since we gave a show. Last week, Webmaster Radio was... Um, uh, canceled due to conference coverage, and the week before I was at Yahoo um, uh, being demoed the new Panama, and that's pretty much the first topic I'll be talking about. So let's get right into it, and I wanted to discuss um, the new Panama that was released. Um, Yahoo, uh, they have a search marketing product. It's, they bought it from Overture um, oh, you know, a while back, and Overture is one of like the first uh, you know, paid search marketing campaign systems out there. And everybody was complaining in the forums about how bad it was and how slow it was and how out of date it was and how it didn't do the things they wanted to. And you saw in the forums and you see today even who people didn't upgrade that certain things just don't work right or it doesn't work logically. And what Yahoo's been working on for the past, I don't know, must have been a year or so, is to upgrade the, the search marketing product to a new, I guess, 2.0 version of it. So um, I went to battle, I think it was, uh, it was two weeks ago from today. I was at Yahoo, and they were demoing to us, um, including a bunch of people like you know Jennifer Slag from GenStar, Gen, you know Gen, GenSense, and Andy Beal, um, Greg Sterling, Kat Seda, and the traffic people, and uh, some other people were there actually demoing this uh, cool new product, and it's very very you know user friendly. Um, it has a lot of cool features, and I posted a lot of stuff about it at the Surgeon Roundtable. Have all my notes. Um, you know, conference-style notes, and it really goes on and on and on. And I posted how to request an uh, invite. If you want to get part of this search, you know, the Yahoo Panama release, you could go ahead and sign up and ask them to upgrade you early. And I also posted screenshots of how the upgrade process went. Um, so I'm upgraded. I use it. Um, I play around with it, and it was just pretty cool. It was fairly simple. It takes about eight hours to be upgraded, so once you click the upgrade button, you have to wait eight hours. You can't make any changes to your ads, so do it overnight or something. Um, I wanted to get uh, Ben's thoughts on you know, the pattern release, what you've been seeing about it. I know maybe you haven't used it yet, but just wanted to get your overall thoughts on it. Yeah, I was pretty excited. Um, I think this is going to be really awesome. There's a lot of things incorporated into it that people have been requesting for a long time, and I know one of the things I'm real jazzed about is like the fast ad activation I know when you submit ads, they just take forever, and um, you know with other uh, companies and such like that, it it will help get these ads on a lot faster. Um, and you know there were some questions too, Barry wanted to ask you about that. But um, there's some really interesting things besides that. Geo targeting looks really nice, just the account structure. I was playing around with it a little bit. I haven't got actually into the actual program or converted any client accounts yet, but. Um, Yahoo does have a really nice Flash tutorial that you can look at. It just kind of gives you an overview of what the interface looks like and all the various things that you can do within it, um, and it's quite neat. Um, and so there's some pretty interesting stuff, obviously, with this. And this is uh, Yahoo's definitely looks like they spent the time to improve this. Yeah. So what are your questions? 
Um, in regards to, you were talking about uh, sensitive ads will get live sooner. What did you mean when they were talking about sensitive ads, trademark, illegal, stuff like that? Well, right. So, obviously, time-sensitive ads, they want the whole process of, you know, making an ad and getting it up there to go up sooner than later. So, right now, mm-hmm. a big complaint is, like, you know, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, auto company released a commercial saying, you know, Google us, and, you know, with the whole thing where, you know, once they release that commercial, you want to p- piggyback off that type of stuff. So, Okay. Getting ads up fast is very is very important, especially with you know news and stuff. And also, the, the, in terms of trademarks and other things like that, they want to figure out ways to, I guess, I guess, figure out ways to improve the algorithms to automatically, you know, match on those and figure out what should go live sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very neat. Yeah, um, and also, um, it, it, apparently, Yahoo purchased a company that was doing geotargeting a lot better and um, doing. Tracking for some of these things, if you typed in like a search for California mortgage that you mentioned, um, but they were going to do some tracking for user-defined location, and you said you mentioned your Yahoo account. Um, what do they mean by that? Well, they're going to use a lot of different technologies. Like we know how Google uses it, but they also have a huge user base. They know based on your profile, you know, if you, have, if you put your address in your profile, they'll know where you are, where you're based. So they can use that data as well. So it just adds a lot. They're very Yahoo is extremely excited about that specific technology. Um, out of everything, they're probably that's probably one of the most exciting things they they find in the whole new Panama release. Yeah, well, it's exciting for search marketers. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Cool. So, Chris, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, first of all, it's definitely exciting to echo Ben's sentiment. I think that this is something that. Uh, you know, they're trying to move away from the bid position to a model of providing, you know, more relevant and quality results. I think it's important to note that the quality score system is supposedly going to be clearly visible to advertisers. Maybe you can comment on that a little bit more, Barry, from what you've seen, but it'll actually give you a grade for each landing page. So uh, I, I haven't seen it personally, but uh, that sounds like something that's a great improvement because you can make uh, adjustments based on that. Um, they're also um, saying, I think, that you can use Google Bulk Sheets for uploading. And one other question I had, too, is uh, apparently um, in uh, migrating keywords over to Panama from your current account, they're going to not include any keyword phrases that have either zero impressions over 13 months or zero clicks over 18 months. Now, these are words that, I mean, these are things that I heard when, when we had... Uh, some uh, meetings uh, across some of the senior search executives at Avenue A, and uh, these were some of the things that came up. And I- I'm wondering if um, if you've heard anything about that uh, migration of the particular keywords, and also a little bit more about the uh, the grade that we're going to be given for the landing pages. Right. Okay. So the grade itself is going to be displayed to you. It's like you know, obviously Google has their quality score, and you don't know what it's made up of, and you don't know how well you're doing and how poor you're doing. Um, this is actually going to show you on a one to five uh, scale how high your ad is rated, and that's based on a lot of components. Obviously, the click-through rate is a very big important uh, important factor, but as the ads go live, you have no click-through rate. Um, you know, if you get a new ad, you have no score on that. So it's also based on the landing page, your ad text matching the landing page, a lot of the, those, even the URL. If the URL has the keywords in it, that will have an effect on what your quality score is for that ad. And they actually show it to you, so that's going to be very pretty transparent. And we discuss ways of showing more information and to break it out in a, in a, a higher level so that people can actually get more details from that quality score because they're really trying to be transparent, but yet they don't want to be too transparent where it actually could be uh, gamed. So they have to worry about that. Um, your second question, 
is about, uh, what was it about again? Migrating uh, from the old account uh, with zero impressions over 13 months or zero clicks over 18 months. Did you hear those right. specific numbers? Or? Yeah, those are the, I think those are the specific numbers. So the reason is because if those ads have zero impressions and over a certain amount of time period, that means that obviously that ad is not performing. And what's the point of bringing it over? It'll help you clean up your, your whole entire ad bucket. And they think, and speaking to different pub, uh, advertisers, that that is a good number. Those, those numbers are good. If you have, obviously, before you upgrade, you have a specific request, I guess you could contact them and see if they can make changes for your account. But I'm not really sure if that's possible or not. Cool. Okay. All right. Um, also, before we go into break, I just wanted to do two more things, is to welcome a new Search Engine Roundtable author, Rob Carey. For, uh, his, his name is Evil Green Monkey. He's an SEO consultant. He works in London. And... He's pretty much focused on natural search. Uh, he works with different uh, search marketing companies, some large and some small. And he's also a Search Engine Watch form moderator. And again, as his name is, uh, you can visit him at www.evilgreenmonkey.com. He has about six articles so far. All have been excellent. Um, any comments, Chris, on our Evil Green Monkey? Oh, well, I was just very excited to have him uh, come aboard. I got to meet him at SDS San Jose this year. Uh, he's a great guy, and, um, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing more posts from him and, um, uh, you know, having him maybe join us in conference coverage sometimes, too. Definitely. Um, and Ben, what do you think? Yeah, um, Rob's got some really insightful posts in the past that I've read, so um, I definitely welcome him to the team, and I think he's going to be really excellent in some of the stuff that he's going to bring to the table. So, um, yeah, he definitely, for conference coverage in the future, it would be great, too. Right. And finally, today is Halloween, um, uh, before we go into a break, and since Halloween, a lot of the search engines have taken the opportunity to put up some special logos. Google has a Halloween logo that looks like it's basically mummy, uh, mummy uh, with you know mummy tape all around it. Um, Yahoo has, you know, the this big, you know, soup bowl with a witch and candles all around and skeletons. Ask went extreme by making the whole entire background black with pumpkin faces lit up. It's pretty cool, actually. I know oh, I personally always love Dog Pile's um, logos. They have these cute little cartoons with the dogs, and they're pretty much, it's, it's cute. Uh, I put a link in the chat room to it, and you'll see in our archives where it is. Um, also, the Searching Roundtable has our own logo, and uh, maybe, Chris, you want to comment about our own logo? Oh, I like the logo. Um, I, just harking back to a topic from a couple weeks ago, or I guess it was three weeks ago now, I would have, I would have enjoyed a little bit of porn on there taken from the Google News page, but other than that, uh, you know, it's, it's a good logo. <laughs> okay. Um, and then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the logos look great. Um, <laughs> uh, I liked Ask Logos today, uh, where it was kind of black and they had the, the pumpkins kind of shining through. So I think it's great that these, the search engines do this to celebrate the various holidays. Cool. All right, so we have a lot to get through. I'm going to take a quick commercial, and then we're going to get back and discuss some did it, did it controversy. So we'll see you all soon. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. 
Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Warning! Listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm Stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on GenieKnows.com. Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command, GenieKnows.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program. GenieKnows has delivered results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Now, back to The Pulse, Pulse. only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. This is Barry Schwartz. Again, with us is Chris Boggs and Ben Pfeiffer. Uh, One topic I wanted to uh, cause a lot of controversy was started by um, Chris Boggs, um, who's on the phone at Search Engine Watch. He started this on debate um, where he linked to an article by... David from didit.com, they're a very large PPC company, um, where, where it's named Trouble Times for SEO Firms, where he basically said, one, marketers are discovering that SEO is not rocket science. Number two is marketers are realizing that SEO is a fix-it-once, quote-unquote, task and not an ongoing service. And number three is marketers are wary of pushing the SEO envelope in fear of being banned. Um, to address that, I mean, the, the forum, uh, Search Engine Watch, uh, went pretty much bonkers against um, David for writing this. Um, one is the argument is that SEO, of course, is not rocket science. Rocket science is only rocket science. And uh, PPC is not rocket science either. Number two is um, there, are a very lot, there are a bunch of components when it comes to SEO. Is One is I personally believe in building a search engine-friendly design, which is from ground up, and that is a one-time really... Fix it, you know, fix it once. But there's other things like writing content constantly, um, improving your title tags, uh, link building, and a bunch of other things that you have to do. So it's not, a, it is an ongoing service. Finally, yes, you have to be worried about pushing that envelope. Um, but pushing that envelope does require a lot of work, and you don't want to push it too far. It depends on the whole, you know, circumstance and everything. 
So, Chris, you, um, since this is your topic, I thought I'd give you some time to talk about that. Uh, sure. I'm just going to briefly comment. Um, you know, uh, actually, one of our business development people saw the article first and sent it to me. And I was driving to work uh, somewhat seething because I thought it was, uh, you know, a, a great overgeneralization about SEO. And, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned in, in the first post at the thread, I think that, uh, you know, he's, he's correct in saying that SEO is essentially comprised of the same rule. Um, in, in that, you know, you do need to have good content and linking and obviously structure. However, uh, there's plenty of uh, great support in the rest of the thread for the need for ongoing SEO, especially in, in very competitive fields. So it just to me seemed like a, a bit of a jab at the SEO community, and uh, we were looking for some good uh, topics to talk about at a search engine watch, the moderators were. So it happened to be good timing, and we got you know a lot of traffic out of it. Uh, Rand made an outstanding post at SEO Moz blog about uh, the whole topic, and I think there was a great post by um, Aaron Wall at, at SEO Book as well. Uh, but the, you know, obviously, David has taken a, a real beating for making this statement. But I personally, I'm, I, first of all, I don't think he he gives a hoot what people say on forums, and just from what I know, you know, about did it, they don't really pay attention to forums, so um, they, they probably couldn't care less that people are saying this. However, you know, I don't want it to, I didn't want it to seem like I was attacking did it. I, you know, I do serve on the board of directors of SEMPO with Kevin Lee, who's another one of their leaders, and uh, I, I just feel that what he said was, you know, uh, uh, quite, a, quite a slap at the SEO community, and, I, and I'm glad that some of the other moderators and, and other respected members of the community have stepped forward in the thread to really, uh, you know, give specific reasons why SEO can be ongoing and, and can be very important to, to be ongoing. Um, I also noticed that I was doing some research later, and he, he wrote a similar kind of potentially abrasive to SEO's topic about a year ago, so, so maybe about every year or so he fires a volley at SEO. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just glad to see that the community uh, stood up and, and really gave some great reasons why SEO is important to be ongoing. Right. And Ben, you're a smart guy, so what do you think? <laughs> um, I, I found the, the article a little offensive, and, and like Chris said, it was a very overgeneralization, but it was a good example of like lowballing and how, you know, Dave specifically wished to lowball SEO just in order to discredit it a bit in order to give more reputation or credit to um, their own industry and, and PPC. Um, and so, you know, I question whether Dave has actually ever optimized a website in his entire life. And if he had, then he might rethink some of the things that he said within the article about, um, you know, I don't believe SEO is a one-time deal. Um, it can be for some people. I know some clients I've worked with that all they can afford is a one-time SEO, and we provide the training for them to continue to do that. But um, if you're really going to build a site that's going to, to really rock with traffic and um, produce a lot of revenue, then this is an ongoing, constant process that you're going to have to do. Um, and like Barry mentioned, in terms of the design work that they do, um, they incorporate it into the design, which is, which is ever more, so more important then, um, you know, taking care of it later. Um, but, you know, no, SEO is not rocket science, but, you know, if you get to the point where, you know, it backwards and forwards, um, then that, that can take some time. Um, and so, 
I also think that this is uh, another example of, you know, people pointing fingers at some of the less than wonderful SEO companies that have marred the space in, in some instances, as he mentions in his article, where they kind of point and say, hey, look what they're doing. This is why SEO is so bad, and this is why you should go with pay-per-click or something in that regards. But, you know, instead of focusing on the bad, he probably should have written an article that focused on the good and the benefits of SEO. Um, but, you know, a lot of people have done that, so why write an article about that? <laughs> Right, yeah. Speaking about rocket science, um, Yahoo is uh, sending up a capsule um, to space via, I think, electronic means. But on the other topic, last time we had Yahoo on the phone, um, Tim Mayer, Meyer from Yahoo said that he's going to go ahead and give us the ability to add the no ODP um, tag to our pages. And that was released about three weeks, three, four weeks ago. Everybody's very happy that now you can say, Yahoo, don't use our ODP, di- our ODP DMOZ directory information. But what people said is, hey, we also want support for us for you not to use the Yahoo directory t- title and description. Because if you have a Yahoo directory listing, Yahoo by default will often use your, direct, your title and description that was used in the Yahoo directory. So Yahoo asked for feedback in the Webmaster World Forum, and they said they're going ahead and implementing it. The two options are, and I wanted to get Ben and Chris's thoughts on this, is either they're going to use one standard, such as just leave no ODP will define to use, if you use an ODP, it won't use either the ODP directory tag and it also won't use the Yahoo directory tag versus making a, a exclusive single um, tag, one for the no ODP, and that would say don't use no ODP, and another one just for no Yahoo directory tag. And there would be two different tags. So what do, you, what do you guys, Ben, what do you prefer? Do you prefer two tags or one tag for this? Um, I prefer two tags. I think it gives a lot more flexibility. I mean, because there's benefits sometimes of using, you know, a particular directory tag as opposed to another. Um, you know, one tag would just kind of eliminate it all, and, you know, not all websites are listed in ODP or in Yahoo directory. So I, I am a proponent for the two tags, um, a lot more flexibility. Cool. And Chris? Um, I think just to briefly discuss the greater level of this, is it's yet another sign of how willing the search engines are to work with the search engine marketing community and people that are uh, developers and optimizing sites and so forth. And I think it's it's really good news. You know, uh, I think Google really carries the the standard for this move by the by the search engines to push towards uh, more dialogue between. Um, you know, their engineers and web designers and so forth. I think it's it's just really great. In terms of whether I would prefer one or, or uh, having multiple, uh, I think I would have to say that, you know, let's take what we can get, and as long as it is one, that's great. I mean, uh, the multiple one would be good. You do get into issues where you may have a specific page that's listed within a directory as opposed to just your home page. Um, and you may not, you know, the, the, the page, if it for some reason pulls the uh, directory description for the home page and it's actually one of your subpages, you know, that could not work well, it would be nice to kind of incorporate something like that as well where you could just, you know, turn it off for particular pages' results. Uh, but overall, like I said, I think this is great that the, that the search engines are willing to work with uh, webmasters and search marketers towards uh, improving the overall look and feel of their uh, SERPs. Right. Um, ben, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I had one thing, and this was a question from the forums, and maybe just I thought it would be kind of interesting to address it, but um, one of the guys in Webmaster World asked if uh, introducing a no Yahoo directory tag will improve the, the SERPs. 
a search engine position, um, or it will just be used for user purpose. Um, and I think when we talk to Tim Mayer, I, in my opinion, I think um, using the no directory tag won't improve your search engine like rankings per se. Um, it's mainly just for a user pur purpose. Right. Yeah, that's correct. It won't help you get higher rankings. It will just help you possibly get a higher click-through rate because your title and description might be look fancy. Um, talking about how Chris was saying, like, our, our, you know, how search engines want to do things to make us, you know, the SEO community happy, um, MSN was the company that initiated the whole um, o no ODP tag, and they also came out with something very cool, which is a, a very special link command operator, which is a link from domain. So you can actually do a link, go to uh, live.com and type in link from domain, one word, colon, you know, your domain.com, and it would actually show you all the links that you are linking out to, to which sites you're linking out to. So if I have a link from Search and Roundtable to um, the Google blog, it would actually show that I link out to the Google blog in this command. So you could do a link domain, which shows you links coming into your site, and also a link from domain, showing the links out to your site. It's a pretty cool command. Um, Chris, I don't know if you have any you know, played with that at all. Did you? I haven't yet, but I think it's a very cool command, like you said. Um, it kind of rings true, or rings similar to a product or a tool that we're developing here that I like to use, or that I want uh, our SEO teams to use, which crawls a development site or an, an actual site and looks for internal links only. So I'm wondering if you could use the link from domain and use it on your own domain to check your, your internal linking as well. Um, it'd be something that I'd like to test. Uh, but, uh, you know, all these hacks, I've always loved them. And, uh, you know, I think that someone, namely you, Barry, needs to put together a nice post that has a, a, a sort of a list of all the different kind of hacks that you can use that are still working these days. Yeah, I think uh, Rand from SEO Moz is pretty well known for doing those types of long list of link, uh, advanced link operators. He actually just came out with one earlier this week, um, but I'll make sure to... Uh, it's on the, the Search Engine Watch blog. It's also on seomoz com dot org slash blog um, dot org I think yeah um, Ben your thoughts yeah I just wanted to say thank you MSN for this this is really nice um, for years we've in order to do this kind of analysis we've I've had to use like tools like Xenu or some of these other like crawlers in order mm -hmm. to spider the site the links that are coming out but this kind of presents it into a nice list that you can search from and um, I'm going to drop some um, examples of some queries in here that you can do on MSN um, that are specific kind of hacks towards this um, for example where you can find all reciprocal links to your site um, and then also you can see um, what particular pages you link to from a single site um, which will be kind of interesting um, I know was, I was playing around with this earlier and I was trying to find um, particular pages on SEO Roundtable that I was linking to from my site. Um, so these are, these are really useful, I think, for the SEO, um, you know, that are just looking at the site. And I know one example of how this could be useful is looking at a, um, a site that potentially had got penalized from the Digital Point Co-op, and I was searching through some of their links and um, trying to figure out how and why did it got penalized, and it kind of came down to there were some links going back to some of the original pages. Um, so this is I, I find this rather useful just when talking to clients and just in general looking at sites. Cool. Yeah, it definitely is useful. I want to do one more topic quickly, and then we'll go into another commercial, hopefully the last commercial. Uh, it's on Ask Mobile Search, and um, you get mobile. They launched a mobile search product. It's pretty cool. It's at m.ask.com or mobile.ask.com. You just go on your it, you know, WAP-enabled phone, and you could actually use a lot of the features 
that you would use at Ask.com on their mobile um, you know, device. And they also use Squeezer technology for loading pages, like Google has their you know, wireless WAP-enabled uh, technology they have. They use Squeezer for that. It works pretty well. Um, anybody have anything to add on that, or should we just hit the commercial? Um, my only complaint was it was a tad slow. <laughs> the tabs are slow? No, it was a tad slow, just a little bit slow. Oh, but I was talking yeah, to my, well, um, by, by, by BlackBerry. Uh, Chris, do you ever give it a try or no? Well, w- one quick thing is that, uh, again, at a more macro level, this is very important because, you know, we're moving towards mobile at a rapid pace. In, in Asia, they've greatly eclipsed our rate over there, and, and that's, uh, you know, for a lot of different reasons. But um, the, the idea that you have to downsize the page and repurpose them for mobile it's very important. Uh, it, it indicates that in the future you may need to have two different sets of content, uh, one that's specifically for mobile, in order to not have to use that squeezer technology. So, right. um, I should point out that some people, publishers, are upset that they're removing ads from the, you know, squeezer removes ads from the actual page so they load faster. So that's another thing mm-hmm. you have to worry about. And if you want, CSS could be a great way to actually repurpose your content and ads so that they're in the mobile devices as well. Um, all right, so let's hit a commercial break, and then we'll get back to our topic list. We're not even close to done, but we're not going to be done. So let's hit a commercial break now, and we'll get back soon. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? What kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. you got to work with Value Click Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on solutions for publishers for more details value click media now back to the pulse only on webmasterradio.fm here's your host hi and welcome back to the search pulse this is barry schwartz again with us is ben pfeiffer and chris box we have a ton of topics to cover again we, we do is we don't cover just random topics. We only cover the most recent topics in search that are discussed in the search forums, and they are the most discussed and most hotly debated topics. One such topic was Ask.com was advertising on Google.com to promote search quality of their index. So, for example, you do a search on Raccoon in Google, up comes an ad for Ask.com, which says, use the new Ask.com to find, save time, and search better. It's part of their campaign. I think it's a great idea that they actually using search marketing to actually promote their own search engine. It's quite unique uh, and clever in terms of the long-tail approach that they're doing on, on a search like that. And if you click over to the ad, it takes you to a smart answer at ask.com, which is what ask.com is pretty much known about, is are there smart answers. 
Ben, do you have any thoughts on this search? Um, yeah, I thought it was actually pretty brilliant. It was pretty cool. Um, you know, with eBay doing stuff like this where they just take blanket terms and such like this is ask you know, go ahead and bidding on these terms with a long tail and applying it to the search engine was a lot more useful, I felt, um, and relevant, and I thought it was a really cool idea. Cool. Chris? Uh, pretty cool. Uh, I'd be interested to see if Google's going to turn around and do it to ask. I, I kind of doubt it, but, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to also to see, like, the keyword list that ask is using. I mean, are they <laughs> using obscure terms like raccoon only? Or are they actually targeting some, uh, you know, higher potential quality terms uh, on a conversion basis or a paid basis? So it's very interesting. It sounds like get this is, yeah, it sounds like this is almost like more of just a branding campaign than anything. And, I mean, I guess clicks would be cool, but, you know, if you think about it, Ask is really just doing all these terms so that when you actually search for something like that, you're just seeing their name over and over and over again. So they're kind of using Google for that. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I mean, the chat room seems to be really wanting us to talk about spam, but, I mean, it really depends on what the forums are talking about, so I'm sorry, chat room. We'll get to some spam topics soon. But, again, we have to discuss what the forums are talking about. The next thing they were talking about is this whole thing with where how Google went ahead and posted, say, please don't Google at Yahoo. Please don't Google at um, Ask.com. Please don't Google at MSN. Only use the word Google for, in terms of searching at Google.com. Because you know they don't want to become the Kleenex of the tissue, you know, you know, of tissues. Um, so Ask.com actually responds to that, saying, you know, feel free to ask, you know, Ask.com. They explain what a trademark is, and it was pretty humorous. And I, it sounds to me like Jim um, Lanzone, the CEO of Ask, that seems like his type of humor. But I'm not saying he wrote it because I don't know if he did or not. But you know, Ben, I mean, have you read that post or? I did, actually. It, it kind of made me nauseated by the time I got to the end of it, because I was just kind of like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Explaining how you can use ask in all sorts of various ways, and the rhetoric, the rhetoric used was kind of, uh, I, I got, I almost fell asleep. But no, I thought it was actually a pretty funny post, and um, the, the thread on Create-A-Site actually is pretty good to kind of discuss this topic a little bit more, um, especially in terms of trademarks and such. Um, I know Barry Welford particularly had a good post on his particular blog about trademarks for the term Google and how there's other companies out there that are actually using this particular term. And in my opinion, it's already too late, Google. People are already going to use it. I know I was watching a TV show last week, and they actually incorporated Google or Googling it into the actual, um, you know, dialogue of the show, um, and people use it all the time. But I guess this is something they have to do in order to protect the brand. Right. Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, a quick thought. I thought, um, first of all, definitely a funny conversation, but uh, Matt Cutts posted today in his Halloween Zombie Jeeves uh, post, and he actually, within that post, which I just uh, linked to in the chat room, it's uh, mattcuts.com forward slash blog, um, he uses ask um, in, with a capital A and a little trademark, and then he actually links that to the ask page that uh, talks about, you know, you do and or may in fact ask or ask. So uh, that was kind of funny. It's kind of a back and forth little game going on now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he does have fun. Both of them have fun with each other. Um, uh -huh. That's fun. Um, the next thing, uh, the t next topic that's been discussed in the forums was, um, it's an old topic, but it's, it's been revived where um, something, an article where Eric Schmidt was quoted as saying, 
um, the search engine will be used as a truth predictor, basically allowing you to to um, you know in, instantly like a, a politician like George Bush might say something, and you might want to Google instantly and see if he's actually lying or not. Um, and it's this recent topic about the, how the whole New York Times Google bombing article just came out, and it's an old thing where people are using the search engines in politics these days, and it's a, such a major factor that with elections coming up, everybody's looking towards Google and Yahoo and all the different search engines to see how that media will actually play in the role of who's going to be the next president, who's going to be the next you know, senator, who's going to be the next what, you know, whatever um, in, the, in, your, in your town. Um, Chris, you posted this. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I was feeling witty this morning, so I was thinking that I could turn it into a horror story on Halloween. And it really is a bit of a horror story, in my opinion, uh, for politicians, because, you know, the, and, and the article, I highly recommend the article in the Financial Times, because it goes into detail about what Eric was saying, and it also discusses some other issues in, in relation to, uh, you know, politics and, and, and so forth. But I I can see people are probably already doing this kind of research, like someone like a Gary Price could probably go and find this kind of data. I mean, it, whether or not they'd use it in their decision-making process is, is interesting, but for a politician to essentially have to start watching what he's saying now, and, I mean, you know, it's easy, and I, I used an old saying from the Marines. When, when I was in the Marines, they told us if we weren't into a hot zone, which I did a couple times, that we should always keep an eye out for CNN. Well, now politicians are going to have to be used to, you know, keeping an eye out for everything they say, really. I mean, because everything becomes public record. And if Google and other search engines get to the point where they can instantly give you a truth predictor as to whether or not someone is BSing, I mean, that, that's pretty strong stuff. Now, that being said, I mean, chances are that most people know that half the things that most politicians say are lies anyway. So, I mean, whether or not to need it is another story, but I think it could be uh, something very interesting if it actually pans out the way that Eric Schmidt uh, is quoted as saying it will. Cool. Ben, your thoughts on this? Yeah, this is really interesting. I thought um, it's kind of creepy, too, in some ways, um, if you think about it and how, you know, these politicians are going to be put under the spotlight constantly, and even more so, you know, it's going to extend off into the Internet to keep them accountable, um, which is which is cool, but, you know, who's really going to want to be a politician in 20 years when something like this is, is really highly and technically advanced, um, you know, the privacy, whatever happened to privacy. Um, but, you know, maybe we could have good things. And I, I posted a link to the actual video of where Eric Schmidt was talking about this and some of the other things that Google was doing. Um, but, you know, I... I also, back to like what he had specifically said, was it talks about you know they'll be able to to guess a estimated probability whether the statement is correct or not. So it won't be like it will be true or false. It may be like seventy percent true, um, possibly. So, and I know Google's working does a lot of stuff with probability already, but um, you know it will be interesting to see how advanced this gets. Right. Um, next topic we want to discuss is that Google posted um, a revised. Um, a, a revised uh, webmaster guideline, which where they removed the don't use the you know dynamic parameters in your URL. We won't, um, as we they basically said, if you had dynamic parameters in your URL, they wouldn't index those pages. That is no longer true. It hasn't been true for about a year or two, maybe even three years now. Um, but they do recommend you writing the dynamic URLs to make them more user friendly because um, it's a good practice. Meaning. Obviously, if you have like 4,000 parameters in the URL, Google still probably won't crawl it. They want to keep away from 
dyna- you know, dynamic calendars where you can go up to year, you know, 35, 42, and just keep on going because those are the types of things that are called spider traps. And search engines are much better at finding those spider traps and are much better at not indexing them. But they are able to index dynamic URLs, and they have been able to do it for a while, so they figured they might as well update their webmaster guidelines to do that. Anybody have anything to add on that? Um, um, just that previously, obviously, couldn't index, Google couldn't index the pages with the parameter. So, you know, in the past, the company had to rewrite their URLs and, and remove it, which was, you know, a delicate process that could lead to other problems if done incorrectly. So now for, you know, Google, at least, this parameter alone will, will not keep your URLs from being indexed. And, and for URLs with many parameters, Google does still recommend URL rewriting to avoid problems for search engine crawlers in general. Uh, that's one thing to keep in the back of my mind. And by the way, that comes from uh, one of our analysts, uh, Andy Powers. Uh, that's directly from the horse's mouth in, in regards to this uh, topic. Ben, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I know we've reported this on the years, and there's been a lot of search topics, I mean, in the forums and such about this. And, and Google's been able to sputter dynamic URLs for quite some time, and I think it was like up to eight parameters at one time or something that they we saw that they could spider. Um, not that those pages rank very well, but, um, you know, I think it's still very useful in order to do the URL conversions to kind of search engine friendly URLs just in practice is just, it's beneficial, um, but you know it, it's kind of a, maybe a sigh of relief for some people that <laughs> they can kind of let some of those parameters go. Right. Yeah, and one more thing. I mean, just because a page is more easily indexed doesn't mean it's necessarily going to rank well. Just keep that in mind too. True. That is true. Um, talking about ranking well, the next topic I want to discuss is this new penalty that is being discussed at Google um, at the Webmaster World Forums, where they say this, they call it the minus, minus thirty. Um, penalty. The minus 30 penalty is basically all of a sudden your ranking drops from, let's say, you're ranking number one or two, and you drop to like number 31 or 32. You literally drop 30 points. And I've seen this happen to some sites that are out there, and I know people in the forums are talking about it. I personally think it has to do with trust. If you lose a, a, a gauge of your trust, you automatically see your page drop, you know, 30 points in the actual, you know, 30, 30 results in the actual in the listings. Um, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, it doesn't happen to all sites. It ha- I believe it happens when you lose what is called a trust value in your in your Google rankings. And if you go ahead and um, uh, you know adjust your site so it has gains that trust back, you'll actually bump right back up. And I've seen this happen. I don't know, Ben, if you've seen anything like this. Um, I have actually um, multiple times with some clients and stuff like that too. Um, and I think actually, very what you said was really true about the trust values and such. Um, I know people on Webmaster World were talking about reasons for this and what have caused it. Um, you know, I guess to state that there could be a lot of various things that this could happen. Um, I know they were trying to determine whether anchor text penalties or something was a problem with this, um, and Google um, employs some type of probability to determine the amount of anchor text, same anchor text that you're using and what this possibly could happen um, with older sites. But um, despite what, you know, could happen, you know, things that you might have done in order to do this, um, it seems a lot of these people eventually did come back um, from being, you know, jumping from number one to like 31. Um, so I have seen this happen many times. Sometimes I just don't know why it happens. It just does. But it's best right. just to kind of wait it out. Cool. All right, let's hit another commercial now, and it'll be very quick. And we'll get back and we'll try to wrap up as soon as possible.
Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles. At hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Now, back to The Pulse, Pulse. only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. This is Barry Schwartz. Again, with me is Chris Boggs and Ben Pfeiffer. We're going to try to go extremely quickly to get a lot of the topics that we missed the past two weeks into this conversation. The first thing is, how long do you think it takes Google to find what are called great links? And that was a discussion at Webmaster World. I think it goes pretty quickly. Um, and if you get a link from a great, if you get a link from a great site, a very trustworthy site, that can actually have a very quick and direct impact on your rankings immediately once Google finds that link. Um, so, Chris, I wanted to get your thoughts on if you've seen anything with great links and improving your rankings in about a week or so. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, you know, people have long said that, uh, or actually are starting to now uh, claim that they have long said that uh, that's the way out of the sandbox. I mean, if you get uh, some good links, bam, there's no such thing as a sandbox. So uh, I've certainly seen it in action, and it really depends on how quickly the site that the link is hosted on is crawled and how deeply, it, if it actually crawls your link. Cool. Ben, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with this. I think it has to do with the amount of trust, too, with the site. Um, and if you get some really excellent links that are coming to your site and you have a high trust value, then these are immediately just going to go into increasing your rankings. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a, a balance and just an uphill climb for a lot of sites just if this is not the case. Um, so if you're getting links to your site and you're not seeing any impact, just keep getting more links. And if you don't get links, you could be banned. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's say you do get banned. Um, for example, I had a client, Jennifer Convertible. They have a, gen- a website called jenniferfurniture.com, and they got banned from the index. I looked up why it was, and I was informed that because their site was hacked, and they put a, somebody put a bunch of spam pages on their site. Literally, there were an infinite number of spam pages on their site, and automatically um, Google picked up on it. It took a few months for Google to pick up on it, and they actually um, totally got rid of the whole entire site from the index. What I did was... I spoke with some people at Google, and I told them I want to go ahead and resubmit through Google Sitemaps, and I did that. And within a matter of a day and a half, I was already back included into the index after removing all those spam pages and fixing the hack that happened to the guy's site. Um, It was pretty cool. And so the time to get included based on the type of spam you're doing, and if it's unintentional, if it's a hack, Google will know when to get you back in the index pretty quickly. But if it could take a while if if it was done intentionally or if you still have some 
spam tactics going on there. Um, ben, what are you thinking about that? Um, or you don't have anything? Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with what you said, actually. I think that's a, it's, it was a good point. Cool. All right, so let's move on to the next topic, which is um, should search engines hold users' hands? That's a topic, uh, the title that Chris gave this article today, where there's a, a forum, um, a, a search engine watch forum on um, how MSN does a lot of hold handling. Like, like, you know, if you do a search on what are better mousetraps versus better mousetraps, you know, what search engines do is they remove stop words such as what are there if, you know, stuff like that. And should search engines do this and should they not do this? And that's another popular topic in the uh, in the search forums. Chris, since you wrote about it, do you have any top thoughts about it? Yeah, real quick. I know we're running out of time here, but uh, I, I would highly rec- or request that people go to that uh, thread. I actually started the thread, but it's a, it's a, it's a hand-holding thing. Essentially, it, it, the, the question started as being when a search engine ignores stop words such as the, if, for, what, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, you can actually skew the results kind of uh, in a large way, like for better or for worse. You know, if you change that to for better or for what or for better or for or just better, you know, you're going to have the exact same SERPs at MSN. So are they ignoring too many words? And, 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 and it leads into a great conversation. So I, I'd recommend uh, joining that. And I also uh, made an extra little side note on the search and roundtable point that I, I'd love for people to comment on as well. It's just a little theory uh, I have or possibility. Right. All right, so the next topic I wanted to discuss was that Google added new features to the Webmaster tool section, um, Insight Maps, where you can actually go ahead and see um, the activity of Googlebot on your site. So it actually shows you the number of pages Googlebot crawled per day, uh, the number of kilobytes of data transferred back and forth based on Googlebot, and the average time it took Googlebot to download those pages. You can also control the rate of the crawl, so you can make it faster or slower. Um, you can also go ahead and... Um, use the enhanced image, which allows you to, your, your images to be included in the, in the Google Image Labeler feature. And also you can see the number of URLs that you submitted. Um, and it's pretty cool stuff. If you have access to Google Sitemaps, you should definitely spend the time to sign up. Um, ben or Chris, do you have anything to add? Um, I think this is a really great uh, addition to the Webmaster Central toolbox that Google added. Um, it's going to be really excellent um, for people just to kind of see what's going on with their site, how often it's getting um, spidered, and um, kind of maybe even see trends over time to see what happens. And you can also look at this if you add new pages to your site and um, even large volumes of them. Um, you can see how Google's crawling it. And um, I like the crawl rate con- the crawl rate control, um, which kind of tells how fast or slow you want Googlebot to crawl you, which is kind of interesting, um, and then the number you were all submitted. Um, so it's real excellent from Google. So, Cool. I'm going I'm to move on to the next topic, uh, which is Google launched a new tool called Google Website Optimizer. It basically allows advertisers, Google Ad, Ad, AdWords advertisers, to see how well they are converting on all different types of levels and it's pretty cool. It has, it's pretty graphical. It has conversion rates, has impressions, all that type of data that you might want. Um, and it gives you also a relevancy rating feature. Um, Chris, do you have any thoughts on that? Or Just a quick comment that you know that this is going to draw the typical questions as to do I really want to give Google this kind of information, especially if they're telling me how much I'm paying for my keywords. Cool. Very good. Let's keep going quick. Um, the uh, there's some rumors that the Google site command, you know, site colon www.domain.com has become more accurate. Matt Cutts 
went into the Webmaster World chat, chat room and actually said, yes, it is more accurate, uh, but some people disagree. It depends on really the features, if you're using Google Sitemaps and stuff like that. Um, ben, have you noticed anything more accurate with it, or you really haven't? Um, I, yeah, I've used it, but um, I, I've actually seen some changes in regards to looking at supplementals and such, but um, I haven't really seen too many exact changes. So, Cool. All right, from now on, I'm just going to go ahead and read off the next uh, number of topics. If you want to, you know, Chris or Ben, if you want to go ahead and uh, say anything, just go ahead and do it. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep going. Um, Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> All right, here's the, here's the next topic. Um, Google launched a new feature, um, which are, you know, they have news alerts. Now you can actually get blog search alerts. So if you want to go ahead and subscribe to your company name or to different keywords and you want to be alerted when a new blog entry is written about that, Google will go ahead and... Um, send you an email via alert, you know, Google Alerts um, for that, which is pretty cool. Um, it could get a little overwhelming because Blog Search has a lot of blogs in it, and it could be overwhelming. So be careful what you subscribe to. Next is the links with no script tags does not pass Google uh, PageRank. Um, so Brett Tapke in a thread went ahead and said that Google flips on and off support for the no script indexing from time to time. So if you have a no script tag, um, and you have content in there, Google might not, you know, read it, and they might might read it. It really depends on the time, but Brett Tapke says that they do never page, uh, pass page rank from those links within the NoScript tag. Good to know. Um, Yahoo upgraded their two-bar two and bookmarks, so now they have an autocomplete feature. Um, they have an autocomplete feature. They have a bookmarking feature with thumbnail captures. They have a bookmark folders feature. You can put your bookmarks in folders. You can also tag your bookmarks, and you can also bookmark search. You can search your bookmarks by toolbar and some other features. It's pretty cool. Chris Sherman has a big write-up on it at Search Engine Watch. Um, Yahoo has released a lot of new commercials, which is actually pretty cool. Um, I posted some commercials in the chat room, and you'll have links to it later. There are some pretty, pretty, pretty funny. <clears throat> Internet Explorer 7 was released, and there was a big debate about, you know, does um, you know who's the full search engine for that? Toolbar for that, um, you know, for that Internet Explorer 7 stuff like that. So you can go ahead and take a look at that. Um, there was a Yahoo update on October 22nd. We took a look at that. Um, a lot of people were upset with the update. It didn't look like it was a good update or not. Um, there was also a, uh, at least MSN said there was a huge drop in MSN traffic, and what that means is that if you do see a, a huge drop in your traffic from MSN. MSN dude, the MSN representative said that that is a uh, certainly, certainly, quote unquote, could be a sign that you're in the MSN blacklist. So if you do see a drop in your MSN traffic, a significantly, significant drop, that can mean you have been blacklisted. So make sure you get some traffic from it. Um, in terms of that, a lot of people are saying that they're having a fun time um, spam MSN specifically today and yesterday, where you do a search on some debt um, keywords popular like debt consolidation, you see Blogspot um, things ranking very well. Um, and they're actually redirecting to affiliate sites and also you know, adult sites, and so it's pretty, pretty, uh, you know, poor. Ben, do you have anything to comment about that? Specifically? Yeah, actually, I was researching this a little bit more, and we looked into the MSN Blogspot kind of spam problem, and we looked at some of the networks um, that... Uh, these guys were using, which was really quite kind of interesting. And a lot of what they're doing is they're creating Blogspot's account, ranking in the top five, and then they're basically redirecting that traffic to some type of you know 
pay-per-click or made-for-adsense site where they're collecting revenue on that. And how they're preventing a lot of this from happening or getting caught is basically that they are um, disallowing all robots to um, crawl any of the the sites that they're redirecting to. So this prevents MSN or any of the, you know, from getting in there and finding out what sites they're actually going to um, and allowing the blog spot hack, so to say, in order to direct that traffic. So kind of clever from these guys, but um, hopefully they'll find some way in order to track it down and, and, and penalize it because it is getting kind of muddling up the search results quite a bit. Right. And I'm going to end with this one last thing. Um, if you're posting in message boards, be careful what you post because there was one person posted something and he was slapped or she was slapped with a, an $11.3 million um, fine for uh, for uh, defense, for you know, accusing somebody of wrongfully of something, and the Florida woman was awarded 11.3 million dollars in this lawsuit. So be careful what you post, and that's pretty much about it. So let me you know wrap up. I want to thank Ben and Chris. Um, that wraps up the seventh edition of the of the Search Pulse. Um, I hope to post the recap tomorrow afternoon after the show is archived at the Search Engine Roundtable. That's seroundtable.com. If you have any comments, feel free to email me at barry at rustybrick.com or post a comment in tomorrow's article. Again, that was the 7th edition of the Search Pulse. It took place Tuesday, October 31st. Tune in next week um, at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And everyone have a good night and a happy Halloween.